I loved the Church of England's lectionary because uh, sometimes it throws up my favorite reading and you just heard uh, a bit of it today. Uh, I love these verses from Philippians, so thank you Jonathan. Uh, and um, I try to think on them and to live part of my life in their mode. And how can we fail not to love such beautiful words? Beautiful words that Paul uses to begin his conclusion to his letter to the church in Philippi, to people that he loves. Uh, these words, and I'll say them again and I'll say them slowly, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, anything excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things and the God of peace will be with you. I'll just pause a bit so we can allow those words to sink in so we too, like me, can enjoy those words and as we let them take root in our hearts and our minds. I struggle to think what more there is to say, so sermon over, you might think, or perhaps hope. Well, this would be short even for me. Uh, no, before we get to this, we turn our attention to that which happens at the start of our readings, to the problems in the Philippi community. There has been a falling out in the church. Euodia and Synthetae, I think I got that right, have disagreed. Paul does not single them out because they are bad people. On the contrary, Paul singles them out because he loves them and they are good people at the heart of the church community, co-workers with him. Something has been said, something has been done that has caused a rift between uh, these people. Paul doesn't say what, perhaps he doesn't need to because everyone knows or perhaps he chooses not to as his focus is on reconciliation. This is something that needs to be resolved in the community and by the community before the community can grow, can move on to think on these beautiful words that Paul goes on to list next. And so here we are, some of us back in church, some of us not, but somehow it feels a bit of a momentous time. It certainly does for me. How wonderful to have our main service back here at St. Luke's, or partially back. We're not quite there yet. But a time, I believe, to reflect before we move forward as a community, as a fresh start on our shared journey. 
Some 18 weeks ago, 18 weeks ago, we began our series, A New Heaven and a New Earth. As a community, we have spent these 18 weeks dreaming of what might be, and we have once again been blessed by the collective dreaming of the extended St. Luke's family, as we have contemplated what the new normal could look like. But first, like Paul says, we have to be able to deal with our past as has the church as a whole. This last week saw the publication of ICSA, the independent inquiry of child sexual abuse, where our church, where we, because we all must own this, have been castigated because of our collective failure to listen to and protect victims and survivors. It is vital that we, as the church, don't sweep this report under the carpet, but instead take on board without argument the, rec the recommendations of the inquiry and implement them in our safeguarding practice. And here at St. Luke's, I'm very grateful and indebted to the wonderful work that Sheena does as our safeguarding officer. We are, as a church, taking the first tentative steps towards reconciliation by recognizing and acknowledging that there is a problem. Next, we must take actions to change our culture and to seek forgiveness from those we have wronged, then and only then might we be able to seek reconciliation. Reconciliation, unlike forgiveness, needs all parties to step towards each other, to bring back together what has been fractured, to make whole again. As Archbishop Justin Welby said in his personal response to the report, Apologies are vital, but they are not enough. We have to listen, we have to learn, and we have to act. Indeed, the Archbishop could be using those self-same words to the black community. In this month of Black History Month, the Church is still finding it hard to acknowledge and to deal with our colonial and slave trading past. One of the speakers that we have been privileged to hear during this time of pandemic was Azariah, and his book, Ghost Ship, is a required read if we are to listen, and if we are to learn, and if we are to act. I do commend it to you. So, Back to us, back to this, our community. Our community of inclusion and of justice. What holds us back from living now in something like that new heaven and that new earth? What stops us from growing as a person and as a community? What are we holding on to like Euodia and Syntyche in Philippi. What prevents new life 
and new thinking in us. John O'Donoghue, in his beautiful poem, For Love in a Time of Conflict, underlines the braveness and vulnerability that is needed by all concerned to become recon reconciled, but also tells us of the great rewards that are available. He says, now, now is the time for one of you to be gracious, to allow kindness beyond thought and hurt, move towards the gateway of spring. And as we move, as we all move towards that gateway of spring, the gateway to new life, of new opportunities, of new possibilities, of new heaven and new earth, and now, he says, yes, now. Now is always the right time to allow ourselves to grow, to be unburdened, to be free. But especially now, as we, St. Luke's, enter this time of new beginning in an uncertain future around about us. So I close with a prayer, a prayer for reconciliation by by Podrick O'Tulma. Where there is separation, there is pain. Where there is pain, there is a story. And where there's a story, there is understanding and misunderstanding, listening and not listening. May we, separated peoples, estranged strangers, unfriended families, divided communities, turn towards each other and turn towards our stories with understanding and listening with argument and acceptance, with challenge, change and consolation. Because if God is to be found, God will be found in the space between. Amen. <laughs>